This is Caroline from Daily Review. And this is Mike from Pop Culture Review. And this is a very special episode of Without a Paddle, the Schitt's Creek podcast. This week, we're taking a break from episodes of Schitt's Creek, and we're talking about the Rose Apothecary pop-up experience in Sharon Springs, New York. This is a really interesting podcast for you guys to listen to because it's a compilation of coverage that we've created for you from February 22nd to 27th of 2020. This is going to be all different stuff. You're going to hear things from different people in different places, and you're going to hear all kinds of quality levels of like if we're on the street or we might be in someone's store or whatnot. The first part of tonight's episode is going to be a sit-down conversation that Caroline and I had with the owners and founders of Beekman 1802, Dr. Brent Ridge and Mr. Josh Kilmer Purcell. They founded the Beekman Farm in 2008, and they founded Beekman 1802, the mercantile store, in 2013, after they won season 21 of Amazing Race. They were a fascinating conversation, I felt like, because they had so many different layers to their interview, including their love of helping their neighbor, but also their the interesting choices that they made along the way to land them where they did with this pop-up. I thought it was like super interesting. Did you feel like anything stood out to you in this interview? You know, we've read a bunch of things before we went to go uh, experience the pop-up ourselves. I mean, obviously, reading about it is how we found out about it, you know, between the Facebook groups and just stories online. It, it's garnered so much attention. So seeing that it really was as Shit's Creek-like in spirit as we had read was a pleasant surprise. You know, you, you read, you hear a lot of things and you read a lot of things, but then you actually go and experience it. It's kind of a don't meet your idols. My worry was we were going to get up there and it was going to be like two goats spray painted like horses <laughs> with like, you know, plastic horns stuck to them and someone calling them a unicorn. But I got to tell you from start to finish, all of our experiences with Josh, with Brent, with the store, with the neighbors, with the other stores, with the fans we ran into. It was such a pleasant experience. It made me just love the show even more because the one thing in common that everyone had that we met was the shared love of Schitt's Creek and the spirit that the show has, the helping your neighbor when they're down, the love of family, and we all rise together spirit. On the interview itself, I think what people are going to be really surprised to hear is, one, they were so gracious, Brent and Josh. They gave up like an hour of their time in the middle of the week to talk to us. They didn't need to do that. They told us their their whole story. Every question we asked, they didn't hesitate. They started from the beginning, how they came to way upstate New York from New York City, all the way through like to the idea of contacting Pop TV and the production company that's responsible for Schitt's Creek. And they really walked us through everything. The end of the hour, I feel like we hit everything in between. I agree. And part of it that made me like super excited is that while the pop-up is ending, the idea that Beekman 1802 is still there. And those two guys, Brent and Josh, still embody the spirit of Schitt's Creek. And so even though the show is ending, you can go up to their Harvest Fest in September and be a part of the magic that shares Sharon Springs plus Schitt's Creek and still experience something even though the pop-up's over. That was like, for me, like I need those little nuggets of like something to look forward to. Like it's not gone, it's still there. You're gonna hear the, about the Harvest Festival that Caroline is talking about. It's even more than that because we asked them what's next for Sharon Springs, what's next for 1802 Beekman, the Merc. Their answer was essentially, and I believe this, we're just going to keep doing what they had been doing before this pop-up. They're going to keep trying to better themselves, better their store, you know, provide high quality product for their customers, better their town. That's where the Harvest Festival comes from. Just the idea of making the whole community more successful altogether 
I think that's what they were doing well before Schitt's Creek was probably even on the air. And it seems that's what they're going to continue to do. So it's nothing new for them. It's really just continuing the successful formula that they've already crafted over the last decade plus. Absolutely. So. I look forward to getting to go up there and using some spa services that they said they're going to come bring rejuvenating back up the town. I'm like, hmm, mama could use some of that. <laughs> I'm excited to go up and play with baby goats in the springtime. That's I... what I'm excited about. No, you guys, they have baby goat tours. Shut up with your baby goat tours. They're so cute. Do you know why they have to wait for the baby goat tours for the spring, Caroline? Do you have an idea why? Oh my goodness. I don't know. Because they got to wait for the baby goats to be birthed. The little baby, they're just getting birthed now. They're so cute. <laughs> just want to pinch them and take them home. Oh I'm bringing God. my big car so I can could, I could shove some baby goats in the trunk and drive home with them. <laughs> I'm going to wear like a big maternity shirt and then I'm going to shove a baby goat under my shirt. and then I may I'm gonna... nurse a baby goat. Oh, you're going to do that? I, you know, I, I may be. I'm very into baby goats. I like baby farm animals. I got a thing for them. Oh not my. like a weird thing like a like i'm a country like i'm a like a country boy i like baby goats i like baby they are so cute again we want to thank josh and brent for all of their time and their completely open hearts to answer anything that we asked them but our interview with josh and brent wasn't the only thing we did while we were up and about in sharon springs and experiencing the rose apothecary pop-up we had lots of interviews we got a chance to talk with fans on the street we got to talk to co-workers of josh and brent's that was veronica and matt at beekman's 1802 and we also got an opportunity to explore some of the surrounding shops and speak with Kendall and her mom Deb at McGillicuddy's. Just experience just a bunch of different people, the stores and restaurants and everything that are all around the town that are completely worth checking out. You guys need to go do a tour of the town, check out some of the festivals they have coming up. They're so much fun. And now our interview with Josh and Brent from Beekman 1802 Mercantile. This past weekend, we were in Sharon Springs, such an interesting town. It has such an interesting vibe and Beekman's place in it, such a great aesthetic. Before we even get to Schitt's Creek, could you guys give us your story, the story of how you came to found the farm, how you came to found Beekman? Yeah, sure. Brent and I uh, lived in New York City for many years, and Brent was a physician, and uh, he worked from out at Hospital, and then Martha Stewart nabbed him up to start her health and wellness division, and I was a writer who wrote several books. We were driving in upstate New York in 2006, just, you know, on a weekend getaway like New York City people do. And uh, we got lost in this crazy little eccentric town called Sharon Springs. Back then, this was 2006, so there was only one place that had lights on on Main Street. It was, it was almost abandoned. And it was the American Hotel. We fell in love with it, stayed overnight, loved the owners, just had a great time, found this farm on the outskirts of town when we were driving out of town the next day, and we bought it. And it was originally just going to be a, a weekend getaway. And then we got a letter in our mailbox. That letter was from a, a guy that we call Farmer John, John Hall. He said, I have this herd of 80 goats and I'm losing my farm. Could I please bring my goats to your property to graze? Otherwise, I'll have to sell my herd. You can imagine, here's this long diatribe, handwritten note, and then the very last line was, and I'm gay. Uh, because, you know, when we move... When we moved into this town, you know, of course, it, it spread like wildfire. All these two gay guys in the city bought this farm. And he just felt, okay, if I put this in there, I'm going to be a shoe-in. It sealed the deal. So he brought his goats to the property. The property had another little house on it, so he was able to move in. I thought this is perfect because he can watch the farm when we're not there, when we're in the city. And when we come up on the weekends, we'll have a petting zoo with goats. 
everything is great for two years. And then 2008, the big recession hit, and Brett and I, we both lost our jobs within 30 days of each other. We had to figure out how we were going to save our farm and these goats and Farmer John. So we Googled, what can we make with, with goat milk? We started making the first product we made with goat milk soap. We made it with uh, one of our neighbors, and our other neighbors helped us wrap our orders around our dining room table. We grew and grew. Eventually, we started getting a little bit of a press for these two gay guys that became goat farmers. We were contacted to see if we were interested in doing a reality television show of our own, which came to be, and it was called The Fabulous Speaking Voice. Love it, love it. What did you guys find that was, like, super special about Sharon Springs as a town itself? Like, to be so willing to just envelop everything that you guys were doing? Well, Sharon Springs, back in its heyday, as you, as you could tell, from having visited, it had a heyday at one point because you have all these beautiful old hotels and old, ho- old houses that are kind of in ruins. Back in the early 1900s, Sharon Springs was one of the most famous spa destinations in the world. So people would come from all over the world to take the waters because it's one of the only places in the world where there are three distinct types of mineral springs and the Rockefellers would come, the Vanderbilts would come, everybody would come and take a full summer long holiday at the baths. But then after the Great Depression and as kind of cultures changed and people stopped believing in the healing powers of the waters, the village just kind of slowly dwindled and receded into the past. It went from having 90,000 people every summer to now it's got a population of 547. It, you know, it really almost became a complete ghost town, but it was discovered by, just like us, by other sort of misfit people from from New York City and around the area, who really, there's opportunity on every corner of Sharon Springs. So there are all these amazing artisans and craftspeople and entrepreneurs that started moving in in very small numbers. But it's kind of this merry little band of misfit toys, and we found that we fit right in. I love that. I can actually really identify with that. I was a lawyer in Manhattan in 2008 and was also laid off in 2008 and retreated to Sullivan County. So I didn't go as far north as you guys. A refugee of the 2008 slaughter. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah, you have a kindred spirit with me. You guys, <laughs> you guys mentioned uh, your neighbors helping you out at the beginning. We picked up right away on the website. You know, you don't have a customer service line. You have a neighbor helpline. Talk to us about the neighbor concept and what it means to you and how it kind of informs your business. Yeah, when we first started. We started making the goat milk soap with our neighbor soap maker, Deb McGillicuddy. We were in the, making a batch of soap one day, and she said, oh, have you met my, my friend Karen? She's a weaver. And so we met with uh, Karen, went over to her house, and in her living room, she had these two beautiful old antique looms, and she was weaving some stuff. And we said, oh, well, if we design a cloth or a towel, would you weave it for us? And she said, sure. And then after we were picking up our first order from her, she said, oh, have you met Blacksmith Michael? And so um, we said, no, we'd love to meet a blacksmith. And so she introduced us to Blacksmith Michael, and then we started designing products with him. And that's really how the idea of the Beekman Mercantile came about, was working with all of these local and regional craftspeople to create products that we could then sell in the mercantile. So that's how our company grew, as we say, neighbor by neighbor. And in those early days, I would say the first five or six years of the company, you know, we, we were a company of 
three people, you know, trying to pack up all the orders. We were designing our own website and we had no marketing budget. So it was all word of mouth. And we say, you know, every customer that came in helped us grow the company and the company grew neighbor by neighbor by neighbor. That's how we still think of it today as growing one neighbor at a time. And so that idea of neighbors and the power of community is not only really important to us because it's literally the way that we survived, but it's also kind of the ethos that runs through the entire company. That's amazing. I feel like when we were in the town and talking to people, whether it be in your store or Schitt's Creek fan that were outside walking around, we heard multiple times if everyone would just sit down in the same room in this whole world and watch Schitt's Creek together, a lot of problems would be solved. So true. Yeah, we felt like that neighbor concept was just like oozing out of the town everywhere. It felt so real. Do you guys feel like you have a a rule of thumb when it comes to how you guys treat each other or or the town in general or all these people that come in? You know, all these strangers, you must be really inundated with all these new faces coming in. Do you feel like that there's, there's sort of like any, I don't know, mantra that maybe you tell your workers or anything about how to treat all these people? You know, when we first moved up here, you know, it's a, as you can tell, it's a very rural area. It's mostly agricultural. You know, we were these two city guys with marketing backgrounds. We thought, oh, well, we've got to be able to do something to help this community. So we came up with this idea 10 years ago now of doing a big harvest festival. Uh, and the idea was how can we lure people from New York City up into our area for the weekend so that we can get money from them? That was kind of the idea. And so that little harvest festival grew over the past 10 years till last year we had about 18,000 people come to the village for the harvest festival what that has done in the village has really demonstrated to all the people who live in the village anyone like within an hour radius of Sharon Springs somehow benefits from that weekend they just kind of know oh if we are nice to people when they come to visit Sharon Springs guess what they're going to come back because that's how the festival grew. It's not like we had a huge marketing budget or had, you know, a big headline act or somebody who could pull in the crowd. That first festival, we had maybe 500 people come. And then the next year it grew a little bit and the next year it grew a little bit and the next year it grew a little bit. Because as you said, you come to Sharon Springs and the show that Sharon Springs puts on is, hey, we're good neighbors. People want to have a little piece of that. One of the the best pieces of, of advice I got was shortly after we, we moved there from our neighbor, or, or from our mayor, Doug Plummer. I don't know, we were having some sort of disagreement with somebody in town, I can't remember what it was, but Doug said, just remember, don't hold a grudge, it's a volunteer fire department. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> yeah. and, and that truly is that's the real. secret of a small, small town. Yeah, that's what yeah. small towns are. You don't have to agree. You don't have to all be the same. You don't have to like the same things or agree and have the same opinion on everything. But at the end of the day, you really do depend on each other. That's amazing. I love it. You mentioned how the company grew neighbor by neighbor and you, you know, being introduced to the weaver, to, to Deb, the silk maker, who we actually met her and her daughter. Did that inform the kind of vast array of products that you guys sell? Because, you know, their aesthetic at the store would fit in in Soho or, you know, Tribeca or, you know, anywhere in the city. But there it is in Sharon Springs, this, like you said, rather rural area. How do you determine what you carry and, and how you go about it and how you market? How do you choose to design your line that you sell? And you sell a vast array of things. Well, we we primarily consider ourselves a beauty company, but the mercantile and the aesthetic, as you pointed out, is the theater for the Beekman brand, for the beauty brand. So if you think about someone like Kiehl's, 
you know, kills half the theater at the old pharmacy store, or, you know, I'm sure there are various other examples, you know, to come up with. But, you know, it actually did develop, just as you said, it was because we were meeting these people and wanted to figure out a way to help them make a living doing the things that they love doing. And so we just had to come up with a concept to to bring it all together. And one of the parts of the beginning of the story of our history that we didn't mention was that in 2012, there was a fan of our show, The Fabulous Fever Boys, who worked at CBS. And we were doing a cookbook signing for one of our cookbooks. This woman said, oh, you know, I watch your show, The Fabulous Sweden Boys, all the time with my next door neighbor, and she works at CBS. And I said, oh, well, she's such a big fan. Why aren't we on The Amazing Race? She's like, I'm going to tell her that you want to run it. We thought nothing of it. You know, this was just a random fan at a book signing. The next day, we were back at home, and the phone rang, and they said, hi, we're a producer from The Amazing Race. We heard you guys wanted to run. We So we went through the whole application process, fortunately made it onto the show, ended up winning the show. We took that prize money, bought the old building on Main Street that became the Mercantile, renovated it, and the whole thought process by um, behind doing that was, you know, we knew that there were towns that resuscitated themselves based on one major draw, like L.L. Bean or Orvis or any of these other towns built around a retail store. And we said, well, if we can create an experience in the store that is worth driving to, we can bring that same fortune back to Sharon Springs. That's why we created a store, as you said, would fit in the middle of Soho, because we knew that those were the people that we needed to bring into Sharon Springs in order to make Sharon Springs thrive again. And that's what's happened. The, people people drive the, from all over. The array of products that we choose really are reflective of the artisans and craftspeople in our region, because... In the beginning, when we didn't have money to buy inventory, we worked with Blacksmith Michael and Footmaker Deb and Weaver Karen and the hot fudge maker and the jelly and the jam maker. We didn't have money to buy inventory, so it was all in consignment. So really, our sort of, and you're right, it is, we are a very strange little mercantile in that we have hot fudge and pasta sauce and lip balm and kind of a, a weird array of products. But it's all based on our neighbors and what they were good at making. Yeah, I wouldn't say weird at all. I say that everything feels like comfort. Like this is the thing that's going to make you feel good, whether it be shampoo or something or like a boot insert for my boots. Yeah. Feel better, right? That's what I would say about all your products. Well, that's thank you. Great observation. <laughs> well, I love that. We often <laughs> say that the key ingredient in everything that we make is kindness. Your analogy of comfort is exactly what we strive right for. We're glad that we got it. Yay. Well, I want to ask both of you guys personally, if there was a product that you guys had in the store that you found out for whatever reason just magically was not going to be available anymore, what product would you personally stockpile because you just like can't live without it? Ooh. Josh, what would you say? There's, we have a face scrub that I love. It's a charcoal face scrub. It's an exfoliating. I don't know why. It's like I like exfoliators because it's like some physical reminder that you can you can start over again today. <laughs> right? With new skin and new yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for me, um, I have a very close and personal relationship with all the artisans and craftspeople that we work with because in the very beginning – you know, we worked so closely with each of them and, you know, worked in the blacksmith shop and worked in the woodworker shop and to create the product. So I would probably say I would choose something that our blacksmith made just because I, I love that idea of a, a handmade, completely unique item as a treasure. So I would probably just grab 
something from the blacksmith. Everything there felt so unique. It felt like whatever you picked up was like specially made for you, which is very hard to do when you have a pile of something sitting there. How could it feel so yeah. special to me? But it does. I brought your lip balm and brought it to my sister and she was like, ooh, like she was just, you know, all over it. And it's lip balm, you know, but it was. That's wonderful. About it. Yeah, it felt special. It felt like I brought you this all the way from Sharon Springs. She was like, That's wow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was taken by the old fat shaving kit that you guys have in the back there with like the oh yeah lather on oh my god i haven't seen one of those in forever i was very much drawn yeah. to that <laughs> oh good <laughs> we had a good time in the store well, I, I, everything <laughs> i mean i think you're right everything that was great and everything we made is made because either we love it and we love to make it or an artisan loves to make it so many of the products in the world right now are you know, based off of somebody's Excel spreadsheet or some, you know, market research that says people want to have, you know, glowing skin. So we, we're going to make a glowing skin lotion it, rather than make something that you want to make and then offer it to the world. Let's fast forward a little bit and talk about as January came to be this year, or I'm sure it started beforehand. Talk to us about Schitt's Creek and how Rose Apothecary pop-up happened. It, it seems so wild sure. for something like that to appear in, say, Sharon Springs, New York. Definitely take, take us behind the scenes and tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So wild, but also so oddly perfect, too, right? Crazy because, perfect. You know, <laughs> Right. As you uh, had heard from our story, we saw so many similarities between ourselves and Schitt's Creek, and that's why we have fallen, you know, fell in love with the show in the first place because it was these outsiders, you know, people of means who found themselves in this little town full of eccentric people, which is the exact same experience we had had. And then, of course, you know, the Rose Apothecary was so similar to our own store. And when we heard that it was going to be the last season, we said, oh, we, we just want to do something that will celebrate the last season and just show how much we love this show and how much we felt the show not only reflected certain type of community that doesn't often get shown on TV, but also, you know, showed a certain amount of kindness, a certain amount of respect for people that you just don't often see in modern television. And so we were just trying to do it as a way to celebrate this thing that we loved. You know, at the time, last year when we first started talking about it, I think it was maybe, I can't remember exactly when the idea first started percolating. You know, Schitt's Creek was still fairly of a kind of underground kind of cult following, and it still is. But, you know, we had no real appreciation for how many people felt the same way we did about the show, we reached out to uh, a contact that we had from our days in reality TV and said, hey, do you know someone who works at Pop TV? We want to reach out about doing this thing with Schitt's Creek in the final season. And they said, oh, well, you know, here's the name of the president of Pop TV. You can reach out to them. Of course, I reached out to them. I didn't hear anything. So I reached out again and just kept pestering. And then finally, somebody um, got back to me and I said, you know, Here's what we want to do. It's only done out of love and respect for the show. We just want to make sure everybody is aware of the, the, the last season and try to get as much promotion for it as possible. And so then they kicked us over to ITV, which is a company um, out of England who handles the um, collaborations and partnerships for the show. Then they put it in front of Dan and Eugene. Then it got the green light. That's really how it came about. When we started developing the product, the original idea wasn't to convert our store into the Rose Apothecary. We just thought, oh, you know what? It'll be cute if we just do this in order to launch the product. 
we had no idea that people would drive and fly in from all over the country just to experience, you know, this version of Rose Apothecary or what they have in their head as the Rose Apothecary. I literally, as you guys saw, transformed um, our little village of Sharon Springs because generally in January and February in Sharon Springs, when it's cold and snowy, there would be nobody on the street. I mean, you might see one person walking down the street. For the past two months, it has just been nonstop people on the streets of Sharon Springs, which is wonderful. It just really changed the fortune of so many of the businesses. We just got a, an email today from one of the other businesses uh, in town, and they said, we have done more business from the, pe- the fans of Schitt's Creek who came to visit Sharon Springs this year. We've done more business this February than we did in the past seven February's combined. Oh, my God. Wow. It's been a huge thing. And as you said, when you were talking to the other fans who were visiting, it's it's just an overwhelming amount of kindness. And it's just been wonderful. Like every business on Main Street has benefited from it. And it's just it's just so gratifying. And we're we're so grateful to have had the opportunity to play some little part into bringing all these people together. It's just been wonderful. We definitely felt that way. I mean, we've done a lot of different interviews with just people on the street. And, you know, sometimes they want to stop and talk to you, and sometimes they don't. Uh, people were coming over to us, like, hey, we want to talk to you. And we were like, oh, okay, come on <laughs> over, you know, because everyone was being so friendly. Mike and I barely could find a parking spot. Y'all need to know that. <laughs> we <had to> go, <laughs> yeah, no, parking is an issue. <laughs> it was so busy, though, and it was like, this is amazing. That is so busy. It was awesome, and I, I have to say compliments to all the other stores for being so welcoming and knowledgeable. We've gone to other show-inspired towns where you ask about something, and they're like, we don't even know what you're talking about. And you're like, but it's happening right <laughs> next door. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. And so <laughs> oh. Every, everyone in Sharon Springs is very, very good about knowing everyone's business. Oh, love Special it. <laughs> <laughs> he also got a little bit of that while we were there. There may have been some yeah, I'm sure. spilled among some of the people. Yeah, that was really funny. Oh, gosh. How did it work for you guys to actually deal with, like, all of the signage and all of the aesthetics? Is that something that you just picked up from watching episodes, or did they give you some sort of, like, here's what this looks like, more like a formulae, you know, way to do it? Yeah, they, um, well, you know, our, our mercantile building has not an exact look as to the building that they used for the show, but similar. All they provided us were the logo treatment for Rose Apothecary, you know, the fonts that they used and the rose, the double rose emblem. And then we just watched the show and did the set propping ourselves, so to speak, mimicking what they had done in the show with the ladders in the front of the store, you know, the ladders with the shelving and, and that type of thing. We just went by what we watched on the show. That's awesome. We noted everything, right? Mike, we were going around. I was like, did you yeah. throws? Do you hear that they're playing money, money, money on the speakers? That was yeah. on the by the echo with the speaker. I was like, oh, yeah, let's get that cabaret going for sure. Yeah, I mean, there are... There's always things like when I'm watching an episode that I'm like, oh, shoot, I missed that. We should have done that. But, you know, can't think of everything. <laughs> Did you guys see, like, really um, memorable customer interactions that came in Schitt's Creek related-wise? Well, I think, I the, think most the surprising thing was, was how far people came. Well, no, there were many. But for me, people came just from all over. It's amazing the devotion people have to that show. But there were the people that came dressed as a cat. And that, was, that was really amazing. Was there anything that really surprised you just in, in how the store and, and the pop-up has been embraced by the Internet, the media? What would you say 
when it's all said and done, what has been the most surprising aspect with this pop-up idea? I think that there's so many people like us, and I think that's probably the most surprising thing, and, and that people, they're responding to the exact same thing in the show. It's not like some people are like, oh, I love this show because this thing or because it's funny or whatnot. They're all responding to that sense of community and acceptance and kindness. Like that is what people are responding to in the show, or at least the people who feel most powerfully about it, that they would make this pilgrimage. I think the scariest thing, anytime you do a collaboration where people feel so strongly about something, the most important thing you want to do is not let those people down because you, you realize how important it is to them. And I'm just so thankful that we've made it to the end without really letting anybody down. I think that's what I'm most proud of. And I, I love that people have come and literally treated the store as if it was the set. So, you know, entire families have come dressed as the characters and reenacted scenes from the show in the, you know, in the middle of the mercantile, which is not only fun for them, but then everyone else who is visiting, it, people have really just had such a good time really embodying the show. Would you say that you guys have a favorite character from the show or a favorite line from the show? Ooh, my favorite character from the very first episode has always been Alexis. Even though I think you know, Dan is completely brilliant and give him all the props and love him too. For some reason, I just identified with Alexis and I just thought Annie Murphy did such a wonderful job of creating that character. I always, I am Alexis. So I'm oh, proud of it. Are you caught up on the episode's current? Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't spoil it because I'm shaving from the binge. Then I will not. I will not say a word. But a big hug to you, Alexis Lover. Okay. Yeah. And no spoilers. No, no spoilers. No spoilers. I was basically Moira when I was three years old, so I've been her my entire life. Oh my god. She's my favorite. You were Moira when you were a baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god that's an i came dressed as moira for visiting your store and we took pictures outside full-on moira acting so i appreciate that <laughs> we love her vocabulary like it cannot be beat the oh. things that she says in the way that she says it oh shut up it's amazing i love it I know, it really I is mean, as an actress to come up with an entirely new accent and just to come up with a way of speaking that doesn't exist is it's crazy talented. I was just going to add one more thing about, you know, the show and the creation of the show. You know, that's one of the other things that I think we really appreciate. And I think, I don't know if every fan thinks of it this way, but it certainly goes through the show, whether you actually know it or not. But the gift that was given to all of these actors and actresses to introduce, particularly, you know, Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy, to introduce them to a whole new generation of people who had no idea how talented these actors were, I think was just such an amazing gift, you know, that Dan was able to, to give to them. And it's added so much to their legacy. We cannot agree more. And Mike and I talk about the show every week. One of the big things that we talk about every time is how much we feel comfortable having our kids, our respective children, watch the show and all of us absorb this idea of, how do you tackle tough subjects? How do you accept people who are different than you? How do you say your truth and be okay with it? Mm-hmm. That's, and, that's and absolutely true. Is so just pervasive. No matter what the scenario is, no matter what anyone's going through, they keep the respect, they keep the kindness and the love without it seeming like, you know, after school special or Brady Bunch or something. That's really hard. When we do interviews and we've done interviews over the years, the first thing that interviewers always ask is they're like, oh, how was it being a gay couple in the middle of, you know, rural America. 
it, you know, it's honestly like it was on, on Schitt's Creek. Nobody cared, it, you know, and, and I think that's the truth that Schitt's Creek is, is showing the rest of the world. Yes, it can be quirky and yes, it can be different, but you're still part of one community. And so you all just, just get along. Even when you said that about Farmer John, I was like, who even cares if he's gay? Who cares that anybody's gay? Like, I, I didn't even think about that when you guys were saying that. I was like, cool, like, whatever. <laughs> like, I'm glad that we're all right, at that right. point and that the show really shows that, too. Like, whatever, you know, I, I love the wine, not the label. Move on, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like we said, beginning of this conversation, I think you guys said it was everyone watched Schitt's Creek and, and took it as a lesson on how to live your life and mind your business and just let people live their lives. And I think everything would be a lot better. <laughs> that Schitt's Creek model of living of, it doesn't matter if you're gay or straight or you're pansexual, you just, did you clean the motel room? That's more important than what your sexuality is. Right. I think the, the arc of the series also is really important. But, you know, when you speak with people, you know, there's, there's people who only watched a few episodes in the beginning and and then there's people who, you know, have watched the entire series. And I think what we found is the people who watched the beginning, they say, I, you know, well, I, I watched it. It was kind of funny, you know, but they didn't keep watching because, you know, there was, it's just characters. But if you watch the entire series, then the characters became real people, then, then they had heart. And that's true in life. You, you meet weird people all the time. But if you don't give them a chance, you're never going to get that reward of, of being close to them. Very true. Taking up a ton of your time, and we really thank you. Yeah, sadly, the pop-up is coming to an end at the end of, or really this week, at the end of the, at the end of February. What's next for Beekman 1802 and for Sharon Springs, do you think? What's, what's the next chapter for you guys? Well, we hope all the people who experienced Sharon Springs for the first time with the pop-up come back and see us again. We say, don't be a stranger. You know, we just want to continue to grow and help as many people prosper as possible. You know, we would love at one point to get the, the bathhouses up and running again on Main Street so that people would come and take the waters again, maybe not for healing purposes, but for recreational purposes, and just see, you know, this little piece of American history thrive again. When is y'all's next Harvest Fest? It will be September, I think it's the 12th and the 13th this year. Okay, wonderful. And people come, and what should they expect? If they were going to come to pack up and come on up there, what would they expect to see? Harvest Festival encompasses the entire village. Uh, we have craftspeople and food and musicians and everything all up and down Main Street. It literally encompasses the entire village. So when you walk down Main Street, because there's not really any modern architecture, you just feel like you're some place in another time. And it really is just about neighbors, just for that one brief weekend, being around people that's all about acceptance. And, uh, you know, as you may have noticed when you were in the village, you get no cell reception. So it really is like you walked back in time and, and all you have to keep yourself company are the people around you. Very true. We did note your cell reception fit. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> but that's so nice. It keeps you present, right? It keeps you where you are. Doing it does. Where you are with the people in front of you. And that's huge. Yep. Schitt's Creek was really based on this initial little kernel that the Rose family lost their fortune and that's how they ended up here. So I want to ask you guys, do you guys believe that money can or can't buy you happiness? Oh, I say you definitely cannot buy you happiness. It can buy you some comfort and some pleasures that are temporary, but it cannot buy you happiness. But I, I believe that if you have money, you can buy other people happiness, and that will bring you happiness. 
I love that, you guys. And I love, if you guys want a little piece of comfort, get up to Sharon Springs, get into Beekman's, and get yourself some comfort in the form of soaps, of food inserts, cozy little scarves, whatnot. All kinds of creature comforts are all over the place. Thank you guys so much for talking to us. We really, really appreciate your time. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Once we got Sharon Springs, before we even made it to Beekman's, we stopped in at McGillicuddy's Naturals right down the street, where we spoke with Kendall, her mother Deb, the owners of the store. They've been there for over 20 years. They had a lot to share about Sharon Springs, about Schitt's Creek, and about goat farming. Goat farming? Goat farming. (laughs) Most specifically, Farmer John. Farmer John, great goat guy. Great goat guy. Hashtag great goat guy. Hashtag, yeah. May God trend people. I am giving two thumbs up to Kendall at McGillicuddy's. She has a PhD in hustling, man. She has put together this Moira Rose wig wall that was to die for. And guess what, you guys? It was totally free and encouraged to try on said wigs. And there was a variety. There uh, was yeah, long cuts, different colors, ones. pink ones. They have blue haircut. That was so great. And I think I look particularly good. Oh, yeah. He donned a little curly bob, I would say. The, the Rosebud Motel candle. They also had the linen spray that you can spray and some lotion as well. Yeah. Rosebud Motel. No, they had, they had a, McGillicuddy's has a great story. They make all their own soaps and candles. Everything is, is made literally on the spot. We got to spend actually a decent amount of time with them. So this is their story. I love them so much. You know, the best thing that I thought about Kendall and Deb was that they were willing to bend over backwards for their customers. They were willing to stay late if we wanted to stay longer right. in the store. They were willing to extend the pop-up as long as everyone wanted to come and, and experience it. It was one of those times when you felt like these shop owners really understood the moment this town was happening. And they just embraced it and they just wanted to share it with everyone. The whole store is a family affair. They had also like a cousin. A cousin. The cousin has it at the front of the store. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. it was really cool. It really had a really great family vibe as well as just like, I felt like we could have, we could have like gone to their house and had dinner like directly from them closing the store and we would have laughed all night with them. Yeah. Bring it back to Schitt's Creek. Kendall is a fan. Oh, yeah. And that, that was great. I mean, to today, overall, everywhere we went, everyone we spoke to, not only super nice, the exact kind of environment you want from people you're going to interact with. They're, they're so happy to have you in their town, but they're also Schitt's Creek fans, which was great to run into. So nice. We have been to other events. I, I've been to a Leftovers event. I've been to Gilmore Girls events in different towns where you go into every store and you say, do you have anything for this? And they go, I don't even know that show. Yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about. Or worse, about. <laughs> they're selling stuff for the show and they don't know anything about the show. Yes. That's just a so, pure money grab, but that's not what we had today. And it's so awkward. These people, no way. All the shopkeepers were, they were quoting things. They, they knew the episodes and they were legit legitimate fans, which is heartwarming to all of us. And they really embodied that whole spirit of neighbors helping neighbors. And that extended to us becoming their neighbors by us just walking in their store. We were like their neighbor and we were invited to participate in their world. It's so welcoming and beautiful. It's true. We could have been lifelong residents of Sharon Springs and been treated just the same today, I felt like. And that is huge because, is. I mean, for you listeners who don't recognize this, I'm from Texas and Mike is up here in New York. And for us, I feel like there's an image of New England small towns that can be very very not welcoming. It can be very like, if you haven't been born and raised here, keep walking. So, and then that's the same true of Texas small towns too. Like if you're an outsider, New York City, that kind of shit. Mm. So I felt like this was the type of town that was like, everyone was welcome. Everyone was friendly. Everyone wanted you there. It just felt so great. I encourage everybody to check it out. Even when the Schitt's Creek pop up is over, there were many things to see and do. I, you could tell there was so much snow on the ground and ice, but uh, Sharon Springs is definitely a place for all seasons. That was obvious from just being the first within the first few minutes we were talking to people in the town who had nothing to do with even the Schitt's Creek pop-up it's, it's a great place to visit they literally saw us walking down the street taking pictures and they were like hi how are you doing what are you doing what hey check out the weather like immediately
immediately talking to us and wanting to engage with us. They have beautiful little uh, bed and breakfast hotels and as well as little motels and inns. They have places to eat. They, they have the walking park, the walking map of the town. I know. You guys, they have this like historical walking map of the town where you can go around and it's like a one mile loop. And you can actually like get your exercise and check out all these beautiful buildings, some of which are being rehabbed currently. Yep. And some that that could use some love, but it was definitely a town that is growing and showing their welcoming spirit to everybody. I would I'm going to say it now. Oh. ShitCon 2021 should be in Sharon Springs, New York. I think that would be so fun. They've got the roof. They've got the people. They've got the personality. I think it would be really, really great. We're actually going down the street to Bull's Head Inn, which was also built in 1802 in Cobbleskill, New York. And it has a cool little tie-in with Beekman's. Black Hat Cafe was not open. Sadly. Uh, sadly. It was not open this afternoon, but we got great pictures from the outside, which yes. is fantastic. But as a nice tie-in, the Bull's Head was built in 1802 by the same architect that built Beekman's the Beekman farm yeah, yeah. the mansion they, the, they the, mansion the, at the mansion right the mansion at the farm mansion. same architect that built down in Cobleskill built Bull's Head uh, Tavern where we're gonna go eat yeah so I want you guys to go ahead and listen in with Kendall and Deb hear their story and just like you know nestle in and think about these gals working so hard and hustling and come on up to Sharon Springs New York check it out for yourself oh and a big thank you to Kendall and Deb for treating us so well and giving us some samples on top of the surprises that we bought for listeners yeah we cannot wait you guys we are gonna have a giveaway at the end of this season you guys are gonna have to listen in and catch a buzzword in each of our episodes for the remainder of the season and you can send us each word you can do it episode by episode if you want to wait till the very end and send us all six words then you can be entered to get some authentic rose apothecary and or rosebud motel items and we are so excited that kendall and deb were contributing to that as well as matt and veronica over at beekman's but we'll also we'll go over the details in our next episode and our regular recap but this has been our very special episode of without a paddle Shits creek podcast live from sharon springs new york live live you guys you guys we go above and beyond you gotta admit we are bringing you the freaking information yeah we're on the spot Granted, it was not very far drive for me because I, I live in New York, but Caroline literally drew, uh, flew, she didn't drive across the country. That would be amazing. That would but she be amazing. flew across the country to come bring you Sharon Springs, New York pop up Schitt's Creek experience, the immersive experience. No crows today. No. Well, well, no live crows. No live crows. But there there were some were Easter egg crows. Some but Easter egg crows in that Beekman. You guys definitely check out the little Easter eggs. There was some cool stuff like the music playing. Yep. They had, uh, they were playing all sorts of different tunes from the show, but I think we caught here uh, Money, Money, Money from Cabaret. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. For a while. Kendall, you're yes. happy. Is well, vegan? you are welcome to try on a wig oh, for your photo. Definitely. And be on our Instagram of, I was going to say 106, but I'm sure. pretty sure we have five more people today. So I'm oh, like, what a bitch. I love that. I will. Mom, you'll be so proud of me. I feel proud of you, Kendall. Thank you. <laughs> Even if your mom 117. Shut up. I have a lot of you social media. Today. All right, Mike, which wig do you need? You have to, like, name the wig. I know. So, yes. like, in the beginning when I thought, like, oh, she's so cute, uh, yeah. three or four people will come oh see God. this. Oh, no. That was part of it. Do you watch this Creek? Do oh, you my know gosh. That? Yeah. No, but we didn't know, like. It's going to be like this. Yes. We podcast for it. So we podcast really for it, yeah. Stop yeah, would you want to talk? Would you mind? Because we're recording oh kind gosh. of our antenna and stuff sure. as we go. Yeah. Yes. Good, because I've already been recording since we've been in here. So, okay. Good. So. Are you joking or not?
No, no, totally. Sure. No, yeah. Okay, what do you want to yeah, talk so. about? All right. This is Caroline, and I'm here with Kendall, and we're talking to her about her store right next door, like two doors down, three doors down? Yeah, like three doors down. Down from Beekman 1802. And tell us a little bit, Kendall, about how this experience has been here. It's been incredible. This is like typically a dead time of year. We like spend January, February, and March really catching up from the holidays, restocking, and making new products. And it has been literally like, I looked at it as having festival weekends, seven weekends in a row, without anyone telling you it's gonna happen. <laughs> That's great. I love it. And uh, Kendall here has put together this amazing wig wall, which we will post pictures of on sure. Instagram, all over Twitter, and uh, you guys have got to come see it. Kendall even lets you try them on, Mike. Yes, uh, I know. Well, you do. there will be pictures of that too. There will be pictures. And posted for my 117 followers. Oh, absolutely, you will. We will. We absolutely will. 118 after you. After this. This so, is McGillicuddy's Natural. McGillicuddy's Natural. So what do you sell in here? Tell so people we, what you sell in here, otherwise. We make all natural soaps and bash products. We oh, make okay. everything here. My mom makes all the soap. She's the original soap maker for Beekman, 1802. Oh, wow. We still make about eight or ten other soaps for them. And then I make anything that's not soap. So all the candles and lotions and How long have you guys? How long you guys been at it like how long 20 years 20, 20 years. years we've been in new york i've been doing this since i was 18. Wow. so that's like you know 10 years ago i was gonna say yeah. slash like, like last week 22 because i'm gonna be 40 in two weeks love it um yes we've been doing i was allergic to everything as a kid growing up so we started making natural soaps and products and hard selling them when nobody cared what the heck they were. And sure, but now you're ahead of the curve though. Now, you're, you're like, we got it when it was good and... <laughs> there's there's an actual Rosebud Motel candles you can purchase. Right, because we clearly couldn't be Rosebud, Carrie, because I was already taken. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we decided, you know, the next best wall, thing, yeah. such a good idea. Yeah. And um, my mom's cousin who owns Graham's Goods Next Door, she does hair and makeup on the side, so she had two bins of wigs. Oh so we God. had like a fun try on session, oh, like so trying fun. to figure out which ones were similar from the show. You have and then to we name them. I know have, we do, and candle, I have no, I have the, the chalk whatnot. signs for them and everything. Oh. But I literally just pour lip balms and soap and every night because so I'm one, trying to keep up. This yeah, one, this best one, problem to have. Yeah, those are good Use problems. Some love, but this I could know. be the Kendall, I, as opposed to oh, I'm straight. Yes, that could be the Caroline. I tried. Yeah, there you go. That one. So what if her wigs is the Caroline? Wait, where? When? I don't. Do you remember what episode I don't it is? Know what it is. She's, she's like, Caroline. I'm so that's right. why. So that's like, why she was particularly. Like, Caroline, my Caroline. Then she kept calling. I was like, Ah. Oh, that's oh, right. Hold up for babies. Like, I love it. I love it. Yeah, you know we keep a spreadsheet where there like, are. So if you guys take them down, like you're gonna know. Some of them don't get along with each other, so you have to be careful where you put them back. She is a fan of the show. She does know. For sure. She does know. Kendall knows what's up. Hey, I know you'll appreciate this. Oh, literally linen sprays. Oh, look at kill that. for a good coma right now. <laughs> Freaking love it. That's funny. Let's pray no one. We don't wake up in the morning. <laughs> Sometimes I'm creative when I'm making things. That's amazing. But I actually created that because I wanted to use the quote on something. But it's been unbelievable. People from all over. Will five, you keep six it up hours. past when they change their rose apothecary? Will you will you leave stuff going? Oh, on? I don't what know. Do like if people are gonna come for it, sure. Yeah, I, I mean really what would care. you tell listeners? Like oh, just absolutely. keep coming down anyway. because honestly, like the whole town is very similar to Schitt's Creek. We, um, did you meet uh, Johnny Rose next door? No, we're walking yes. up this way. We're, yes. We are building. Oh, he's closed. Shoot, okay. darn it. Um, we can swear. We, we, swear. we swear like sailors. Oh my god, what the fuck? Fuck. <laughs> exactly. What the actual fuck? The owner of Black Cat 
looks very similar to Eugene Levy. That's so crazy. And he has the glasses, so he's a riot. Across the street, the American Hotel, uh, owned by our mayor, Doug Plummer. Doug Plummer? Doug Plummer. You can't make that up. You can't make it up. And then we have, you know, the Beekman Mercantile, owned by Josh and Brent. In a town of 500 people, there are a lot of there a lot of similarities. Where can people find you? What's your Instagram? Where can people find you on the internet? Our Instagram is McGillicuddy Soap. M C G I L L Y C U D D Y S O A P. Okay. And we are also McGillicuddysoap.com. Okay. Everything is available. Everything that we make is available online, including our Rosebud Motel inspired products. That's it. Handmade. Would you do like shipping and stuff? Do you get like internet like orders from across the country, or is it yeah, only in Yeah, we store? do. Nothing like you know, not anything like super crazy. But one of the biggest things that we look for, like in this type of a group, is customer coming back online because. Unfortunately, they're not going to come back to Sharon Springs you know, next weekend or maybe just for the festivals. But if they love the products, then they can go online and order it. And that keeps us going through March <clears throat> when it's going to be quiet. Right. <laughs> but, but people love homemade soaps, yeah, candles. Sure. People love that. So. And natural. Everything's natural. We don't use chemicals except for rose fragrance in my rose products. <laughs> That's really funny. But it's a natural fragrance. Right. I think we need to get to trying on some wigs. I think so, too. I think we need a collective sound. We'll be back later. Where did you learn how to bake just yeah, always one day? Always interested in natural things. And it was just a kit that I got, and I thought, this is just great. And I just kind of fell in love with soap making. I remember sitting there as a kid, like, watching TV, stirring soap. It was like, lucky day. It has to stir and stir and stir, <laughs> and stir until it starts to thicken. It's like churning butter, then but one different. Then one day, we were like, oh, if you use an immersion blender, it kind of speeds it up. Sort of like, yeah, yes. chunky. And now, we're, now our blenders are this tall. Yeah, we have you know, We have these huge ones that we Industrial saw on a cooking show. That's fantastic. But we I can't wanted make everything, had, a, had an allergy to chemicals and needed right. everything natural and it just wasn't out there, the products weren't out there. So we started making our own, really. Did the idea take off right away or did people are like, we what, go to? We gave them as gifts for a lot yeah. and then people started asking yeah. if they could buy it. Then we started doing some craft shows and we had a homeopathic pharmacy that asked to carry our line of soaps, which <laughs> we quickly created. We made a line. Because yeah. they owned a direct sure. mail and marketing process that they, or company and they had all this equipment to make like labels and yeah that's awesome so we quickly turned that around and that i love the hustle yeah. we're all about the we hustle, appreciate yeah. the hustle so do. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> i live in texas we're here i appreciate the hustle wow. so yeah, yeah. yeah. a yeah. uh, much shorter journey for me today at beekman's it was a popular day for schitt's creek fans from albany new york outside the store we visited with taylor and adam we got their feedback on their experience inside as well as their love of the show schitt's creek fans yeah, yeah. what brought you to sharon springs today uh we saw that they were doing the promo that they were turning the store into Rose Apothecary, so I figured we'd stop and spend the Saturday and check it out. That's awesome. Have you been inside? Did we yeah, yeah. You oh, we, we got your yeah, purchase yeah, yeah. and stuff? <laughs> what was your experience when you walked inside? Did it live up to the hype? Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. And I feel like the longer we were in there, the more we discovered, too. Like, 20 minutes in, we were like, wait a minute, this music sounds familiar, and it's, like, all from that. Nice. Yeah. The Easter eggs. They we, said there's Easter eggs We, we saw some yeah. Easter eggs and stuff. Them. Have plungers you been up yet? front. The plungers well, up front. Down there. We've been interviewing everyone along the way, so it's oh, taken a while. Nice. If you're not in a hurry to go, you should go to McGillicuddy's down okay. there. They okay. have Rosebud Motel scented 
items. Oh. They used to they did the they used to do the soaps for them originally. They make like all the homemade soaps yeah. and stuff. They have and, a lawyer like, wig wall. They have a wig wall. Oh, that's right, incredible. And you can try them. I just took pictures of the wig wall. I actually saw you coming up the way, and I was like. She has to be dressed like more around for this. <laughs> I love it. I'm glad you noted it. Of course. I was like, I have my teddy fun. bear jacket. <laughs> okay, so tell us what's like a favorite episode? What makes you love Shit's Creek? So we're in the middle of binging it at the moment. So love we it. haven't even gotten to the end yet. What are we on? We're season nearing the end. We're midway through season five. Oh, okay. Five. So you have right a favorite, favorite at Sansa? Oh, season that's six right. is right that's now. Right. Um, I don't know if there's a particular episode. I just really like a lot of their moirisms. Like when she yeah. compares the outside of the motel to a Mumbaian slum. Yeah. <laughs> we just find ourselves good one. pausing yeah. and rewinding to catch a lot of her little quips and things yeah. like that. So. Awesome. And also just like the the certain like catchphrases that every character has that show up periodically. We love like trying to mimic them, which is fun. So we find us we find ourselves like saying them in our daily lives. So. I love it. That's yeah. not that's unlike uh, that's that's our existence. So yeah. it's really yeah. good. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, amazing. Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> You're also just like Moira Rose, so, you know. What were you guys' names? Yeah, my name is Taylor. Adam. Adam, thank you so much. Do you guys like a photo in front of this? We can take it for you. Do you want one? Yeah. yeah sure, let's yeah. <laughs> Sean and Sarah had a completely fresh take on the show, sharing their love of Roland. Mike Roland was Sean's favorite character. Amazing. I can't believe we found the guy who loves Roland. I mean, he's totally a uh, membership of one. <laughs> but, I don't know. No, There's I think there's people who love him. Although Sean himself says, you know, you guys can listen to it in his own words that he was the one and only person who loved Cabin Boy. So there's someone for everyone. I'm going to say Sean was more of a Chris Elliott fan, there you which go. I understand and I appreciate that love. Okay. We'll, we'll say that more than the Roland. But uh, no, Sean and Sarah were awesome, and this is their interview. So tell us, where are you guys from? Well, we're actually from Albany, so we're not that far away. We always kind of kick ourselves for the fact that we are this close and we don't come out more often. <laughs> In fact, this is the first time we've been here, so we're kind of excited. What brought you to Schitt's Creek? What makes you guys love the show? Well, we always liked the other movies with them. Best in Show and... Oh, sure. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah I was a big fan of Eugene Levy on Second City Television. That's how I knew him, yep. Yeah. Same. So when the show came out, Daniel, his son, is so perfect. It was great to watch. And with Catherine O'Hara, I think the two of them have great chemistry together. The show just worked immediately. And considering it was on... I think when it first came out, it was on like Pop or something. Yeah, yeah. It was really hard to find. And I think I ended up just happening on it by accident. I told her and then she actually saw more of it than I have. And so now I'm still trying to catch up on it. So Oh, I'm like so jealous when people aren't all caught up. I'm like, you have so much goodness to come. <laughs> like I'm like, so much oh, to look forward to. It's true. <laughs> you really do. Now, oh my gosh, these last couple, <laughs> they're great. hitting it out of the park. <laughs> yeah. What did you guys think of the Rose Apothecary pop-up? Liked it. Liked it a lot. It's it was a really great It's idea. really great. Did you guys see the little Easter eggs? Like the little toilet plungers up front? Mm-hmm. Yep. Loving it. Mm-hmm. Little crows. Some crows. You got a picture yep. of the crow? Oh, oh nice. God, yeah. I love it. I love, I love it. it. I love it. We were looking for everything. Do you guys have a favorite quote or character? Actually, I, I really like Roland as well. Oh. oh you're you're a Roland. The Roland yeah. fan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've Membership club. I've been another fan of his since, believe it or not, I actually 
liked Cabin Boy. Oh, no, so, yeah, I think the people, I think the know, fans are out I there. I, yeah, I think I'm one of three people that did. So that's um, funny. But he, yeah, I've always thought he was great. I kind of love the way he plays off of John, and it, it's a really nice dynamic, and it's great. Love so. it. That's great. How yeah. about you? Any yep. quotes, characters, who you love? Well, I like Moira, and I especially like it when she screams. Oh my God! <laughs> I talk yes. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to scream like Moira. I, I do. The scene where she like lost, she lost her diamond earrings, and she was just like running around screaming. Yeah. it's like one of my favorites. <laughs> and then she accuses Stevie of being a thief. She's like, "We won't, I won't call the police on you." Uh, what were your names? I don't think we got your names. Um, I'm Sean. Sean. Sarah. 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 Nice to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night. Our stop in at Beekman's 1802 was amazing. Founders Josh and Brent have such an amazing staff. We actually got to sit down with Josh, lookalike Matt, and his stylish coworker Veronica, who is so cool that she had actual goals of her Moira-inspired PJs with a vest and brooch, Mike. I mean, she was beautiful and stylish. Love this staff. It's also a longtime employee, three-plus years at Beekman, and she she knew Josh and Brent's story. Really, the two of them had the spirit of the neighbor customer service. Which was amazing, and we're so excited to get to share that interview with you guys. How long have you been with Beekman 1802? I've been with Beekman since September of this year. Veronica, how long have you been with Beekman? Uh, three and a half years? Three years? Three okay, so... Three and a half. Oh, wow. Well, what's the different biggest difference between now and the Schitt's Creek pop-up? How has that changed kind oh, of life it's been here? Historic January and February for both Beekman 1802 and Sharon Springs as a whole. So all yeah. the other shops and restaurants and cafe in town. Um, we've just had a huge um, response, a lot of fans uh, to the show. A lot of people who didn't even know about Beekman 1802, never been here, never been to Sharon Springs. We've got a lot of uh, press and media about it, so a lot of people have been coming. I'd say probably. And, and a lot of people that know, that are Beekman uh, customers and neighbors who have checked out the show because yes. of Oh, nice. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. So a, lot, a good crossover kind of You, thing. you yeah. said the word that we want to definitely talk about, because when we read about the idea of neighbor, and, and being kind of your neighbor and doing what you can for them uh -huh. and the neighbor hotlines have a customer service hotline. Yeah. Tell, talk to us about the idea of neighbor and how, how that works in the well, store. Well, you know, I mean, the, the, the whole uh, Beekman company was, I don't know if you know Josh and Brent's story, they lost their jobs, they had bought, they had just purchased a farm, the Beekman 1802 farm, uh, mansion, uh, and when they lost their jobs in Manhattan, they had this, you know, and they were like, well, what do we do now, you know, so they, and uh, Farmer John had goats, and he was losing his uh, uh, farm, and he said, hey, can I put my goats in your barn, and they said, sure, and they started using the goat milk to make soap, and started selling it, and it's like was meant the, to be almost, absolutely, yeah. and so, and, uh, Deb down the street, the soap maker. We met her and Kendall. Yeah, yeah. we spent some time with her. Was the original soap maker. We were calling her Kendall's mom, but it's good yeah. to know she has a name. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right. And uh, you know, so it was really about neighbors, about starting with uh, everybody helping out, and and a lot of the artisans are all from the from the area that we pulled. You know, neighbors helping us and us helping so them. And the company really grew neighbor by neighbor. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, you know, Farmer John would say, "Hey, do you know Deb?" And yep. then Deb would say, "Hey, do you know Michael, who was the the uh, metal blacksmith, blacksmith yeah. you know, artisan?" So it just really grew. And then because of that, they just started um, calling our customers neighbors. So I love that. neighbors really close, and we have neighbors all over the country and all yeah. over the world. Actually, so. I love it. Well, and the Schitt's Creek pop up must be bringing in all kinds of neighbors. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Caroline's from Texas. I am. You know, oh, so, nice. yeah, 
I'm I'm from, from New York. Yeah, nice. we've heard people coming from Phoenix, all over, yeah, you know, yeah. all over Canada. Canada. Lumen, uh, yeah. Red Eye from Phoenix came to the store and then flew back out of Albany at 6 p.m. that night to go back to Phoenix. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. That's, that's dedication, dedication. I but... actually want to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the coolest things that I've noticed. Um, I didn't, again, I, yeah, I think I said earlier that I didn't know how big the fan base was of Schitt's Creek, but the thing that I've been most... I don't think Schitt's Creek knew how big yeah, the, the fan exactly. base of Schitt's Creek was. Um, the thing that's excited me the most uh, about this experience and having the pop-up here is the diversity of the fans that have come yeah. in all ages, all backgrounds. I've kind of been joking that if we could just all get in a big room and make the whole country watch Schitt's Creek together, oh, <laughs> we it. would solve all the problems. We would. I think that's we true. We would. Well, they have yeah. that, like, Schitt's Con thing. Schitt Con, yeah. It should be in Sharon Springs, honestly. Yeah. Why do they not bring it I don't know. Here? It's like Maybe. in Toronto. So. Interestingly yeah. enough, this yeah. sign, so the one of the board members from Schitt Con in Toronto oh. came to the store a couple weeks Oh. weeks ago and I think they you know sent an email or something but this uh, Rosa Popcari sign here is actually going to go to ShitCon for this year oh Yay. that's awesome that's great <laughs> that's awesome so we had heard that the pop-up was going to end at the end of February is that still the plan or are they going to keep it a little bit old yeah one more weekend yeah. yeah it was supposed to originally come down on the 18th of February we've extended it to the end of the month oh wow so you guys were for real we kept yeah. being like oh they'll extend it but we also came up this weekend just in case just too right. you know, we, we wanted to make <laughs> well, sure we I hit it. don't know what the I'm sure between the production company and, and you know there's some sort of negotiation like a, yeah, that has yeah. A, limit, a limited run yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. thing which totally makes sense yeah for sure yeah that's, That's great. Awesome. That, but do you guys have favorite characters or favorite episodes, uh, quotes, whatnot? God, the whole thing is so good. Uh, well, Moira, of course. Sure. <laughs> Gotta love Moira. Moira Gotta and David are my favorites. I love all of them, but I yeah. think, but believe it or not, I, I, I feel. Alexis, to me, has had the most transformation of all the characters. Well, we, we, we talk about that all the time. Yeah. Well, that's true, because yeah. I hated her. Until, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people like, did. She was yeah. you know, not like a great person. Season. It's yeah. like, okay, fine. She's yeah. so horrible. And I think it's funny, because <laughs> right. like, every once in a while you'll see little snippets, like sort of back to her former life, especially when she does the um, a little bit of Alexis song. Oh, sure. Like, she's already sure. kind of become a little bit more wholesome, and now she's like, whoa, okay, Alexis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Party girls, the party girls still in there. Single, even when I'm not. Yeah, kind of love it. And a lot of people are, you know, a lot of people are always like, "Ew, David," but my favorite is just "Woof, David." (laughs) (laughs) It's a good one. It's a good one. That's underappreciated. Oh my gosh. Is there anything like story-wise of people coming in and like amazing costumes or amazing impersonations? Somebody brought us a whole whole box of cinnamon rolls. Oh, that was awesome. Which was great. Nice. That's like, I've been baked these for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's terrific. Last weekend, a whole group from New Jersey came and they had literally, there was like, everyone was, there was Ted, he was like in scrubs, like full costume. <laughs> Moira, Alexis. Cosplaying at the store. That's it, cool. it was very cosplay. Yeah. That's amazing. I That's love awesome. It. I love that. Can you imagine? Stevie's. There was a Stevie with a, with a name badge on oh. today. Oh, oh, today? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I love uh, my favorite open brooch. That's, <laughs> that's my favorite Moira look. It's like, I aspire to wearing a vest and a brooch to bed. <laughs> well, you can never know, yeah. right? You don't ever know unless you're a reporter outside. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to bolt out of bed. And you have to grab to run to the wig wall. Get a different wig. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. <laughs> yesterday or Thursday? Wasn't it yesterday? Well, no, yesterday or Thursday, a guy came in with his mom, and he looked almost exactly like... Dan Levy. Uh, wow. And I was just kind of like, you're like, be him, be him. I was like, do you like, do 
people say? And he was like, yes. <laughs> and, and, I, and I know how he feels because a lot of people think that Obviously. I look like Josh. Yeah, yes. we thought, yeah. We thought, yeah. So as soon as we walked in, we're like, like, like oh, are you Josh? Are you Josh? Are you Josh? Are you Josh? So, <laughs> I know how he feels, but. <laughs> what is your real name? My name is Matt. 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 Oh, okay. I don't think right. we caught Matt. Yeah, Matt and Veronica. Great. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I love this it. This has been amazing. Yeah, thanks so much. We're We've been interviewing fans and going up and down the street and taking pictures and stuff. People so are adorable and awesome. Yeah, this is a great town. Like you, you could tell, this whole vibe with this town is great. Now we gotta get like Farmer John. Yeah, yeah we have to go find Farmer John. I think that's the idea. Go tours. You gotta come back for baby go tours. Baby go tours. Now we're gonna make a commitment to Matt. We have March to come back. Uh, Matt wants us to. March obviously. and April. Yes. March and April. April. Sorry, everybody. We have to come back. That's it. You can get all the information about our baby go tours on our website at beekman1802.com. Get that plug in there. What about like other social media? Are you guys anywhere else? Uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, our founders uh, definitely post almost daily stuff yeah, on I think uh, it's Facebook. Like Josh. Josh and Brent. And Brent. Uh, the Beekman, Beekman Boys. Boys. The Beekman, yeah. uh, Beekman 1802 Mercantile. Yeah, Beekman yeah. 1802. Awesome. Alright, they're out there. We'll the, Merc. the Merc. Yeah. Love the Merc. The Merc. <laughs> awesome. Thank you Thank guys Thank you guys so much. much. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.